Welcome to the Defiant Spirit, a podcast about discovering meaning, purpose, and resilience in the most challenging, difficult, and darkest moments of our lives through what my teacher and mentor, Dr. Viktor Frankl, called the defiant power of the human spirit, that spirit that is within you, that spirit that is calling to you, that spirit that is you. I'm Dr. Baruch Halevi, and this is the Defiant Spirit, and now, on to our podcast. Welcome back to The Defiant Spirit. I'm Baruch Levy, also known as B, and I am delighted that you continue to join in with this conversation, all things Viktor Frankl, my teacher mentor, author of Man's Search for Meaning, father of logotherapy. I'm a logotherapist, along with um, the Enneagram, an ancient personality roadmap. I've created the Defy Your Number Enneagram system based on Viktor Frankl's work and, you know, sprinkling in Kabbalah and other mystical traditions. Um, So, Over the past few weeks, if you've been joining me, you have been listening to podcasts about the Enneagram at the movies and sharing with you how I've seen the Enneagram through movies and television shows and finding characters. They're part and parcel of my Defy Your Number program. So if you uh, do the program with me, you get your number back, you get your ebook. And in the case of today, you would get back ebook number seven if you're a seven, the enthusiast. And these are some characters that I think are from um, our Enneagram sevens, but best guess, it's there's no science to this. Some of these, even, even as I'm looking at them, I could hear the case being made that there are other types. But I think the fun part is to go through the process of why to get to other people's types to get to our own type and not necessarily the static outcome. Um, The process is just as important as the outcome. So um, if you haven't listened to the other six, you can do that. You can just go back and listen or you can watch. They're both video and audio. If you are listening, I will describe to you the um, characters so you don't need to worry about that. And you can always download them over at defiantspirit.org. Um, slash forward slash podcast the bottom of the page I upload them there or they're in your ebook when you do the program with me okay Enneagram 7 the enthusiasts go back and listen to the Enneagram 7 podcast to learn more but you get a good vibe for the seven when you look at some of these pictures or you listen to who I'm about to describe sevens are the most vibrant, energetic, optimistic. Sometimes they're called the optimists. I call them the enthusiasts because they're some of the most enthusiastic. They tend to be big personalities. They don't tend to be wallflowers. They can be, um, though it's rare that you're going to meet a a reserved seven. Now, depending on the subtype, that's a whole other conversation, but it can happen. Doesn't mean all sevens are extroverted, but it means, I think, that they can flip a switch Whereas other types, they can't always flip the switch. Fives, nines, they may not have the, the, that gear, but sevens can turn it up and most of them don't have to work very hard. So who are some sevens? Oh man, there are so many sevens in pop culture, it's just not hard. There are other types that's not always easy to nail down or be certain about, but with sevens, not too hard. Sevens, for me, I do mistype with threes. So the performer, the achiever, and the enthusiast or the optimist, I I mix up quite often until I get to know them. The motivation is very different, but the way it 
peers may not be. All right, let's start with some Enneagram 7s at the movies. Here's a famous one I imagine all of you have seen, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Ferris Bueller is all seven. I don't think there's a question. He simply wants to experience life, right? If life is short, you better move fast or it'll pass you by. It's been like 10 years since I've seen it. Um, Ferris Bueller is all about not being confined. You know, sevens don't like limits. They don't like, they have, they're the ones who have FOMO. So you can feel it. I mean, um, um, Ferris just gets out there and experiences life and brings others along with him. It wouldn't have been the same movie if it was just Ferris Bueller's Day Off because it was Ferris and his girlfriend, forgot her name, and his buddy, um, Fry, Cameron Fry. Um, the three of them are the ones who go out into the world and experience all because Ferris makes it happen. Sevens, they just have opportunities presented to them. I was talking to a woman whose daughter's a seven, and her, her she has one daughter who's a seven and one's a something else, six maybe. The six really struggles to make opportunities happen. The seven, it's like the universe just manifests whatever the seven wants or needs. Now, <clears throat> actually, I should qualify that. The, the universe can manifest everything a seven wants, but maybe not what they need. Because what they need sometimes is the discipline, is the rigor, is the, the boundaries, the borders. Look, if Ferris Bueller only took days off, right, he'd be kicked out of school, he'd be homeless. That ain't the great a great movie. But it's because he had the confines of school and people around him who kept him in check that that day off was really special. Sevens can slip, though. They, you know, when they, they get rid of those confines, when they get rid of the boundaries and borders and, and protective people in their lives who can help them say no, they can lose themselves. Sevens are known to go down their passion, which is gluttony, and that's just excess. So sevens can get themselves in some deep trouble when they don't have that. But Ferris Bueller, great example of going out into the world, seeing it all, experiencing it all. Some other sevens. Robin Williams was a seven, and he plays lots of sevens. And in this case, he plays the quintessential seven, Peter Pan. I don't know if you remember him doing Peter Pan. It definitely wasn't one of his, maybe it was, I don't know, biggest hits. If it was, it wasn't my most memorable movie of him. But Peter Pan is a quintessential seven. I think if I have to pick one character from, you know, movies or literature, um, it would be Peter Pan for the seven. Why? Because Peter Pan is the boy who never wants to grow up. He lives in Never Neverland. He just wants to play. He wants to fly. He wants to be free. He doesn't want to be limited, weighed down. I talked about this in a different video I did on Enneagram 7 and one particular movie, Big Fish. So you can watch that um, to learn more. But <clears throat> Enneagram 7's reactive. Again, not when they're their highest self, their responsive self, their response able, able to respond, but the lower self really struggles with the shadows. And interestingly, in Peter Pan, the defining scene is when he's in Wendy's room, a mature adult, if you will, um, who helps ground him. And he's trying to 
He's wrestling with his shadow, literally. He's trying to grab his shadow and he's trying to make it stick with soap, but soap doesn't make, you know, shadows stick. So um, Wendy offers to sew it on. So the work of a seven is to own the shadow, own the suffering, own the deeper stuff. Go deeper, not wider. And as you can see, lots of these characters struggle with going deep, being real. Peter Pan just wants to go out into Never Never Land and not grow up. You see it with lots of sevens. So um, who am I looking at here? I'm having a hard time focusing. There's another Robin Williams character up there from um, Mork. I don't, I don't remember the, the show, but it strikes me as a seven show. No, how about, um, um, what's his name? Elton John. Elton John's definitely a seven. And if you watch his movie, which was a great movie, um, Rocket Man, you can see the dangers of the excess and, and losing oneself, trying to experience too much too quick, trying to see it all and do it all and be it all and not really having a sense of self. And, and then he goes deeper. And that's, you know, when he hits the point break, the shattering, as I call it, he starts to grow up. And that's what I see with sevens. I don't work with sevens until they've had a shattering. Shattering can be, I call them the dark D's, divorce, disease, depression, um, death of a loved one. But until they hit that place, it's hard to pin down a seven to get them to own their shadow. So you look at some of these characters in here, there's a theme. You see the guy, uh, Magnum P.I., Tom Selleck. You see, um, what's his name from Cheers, Ted Danza. Um, you see Hawkeye Pierce from MASH. You see, um, yeah, this is hard to pull up, recall all these names this quickly, but what's his name from Modern Family, Phil Dunphy. All got this vibe of surfacy, shallow, silly, funny, fun. Joey from Friends, Isaac from The Love Boat. Right? I bet you haven't even seen a picture of Isaac in like two decades, but man, I haven't seen it either. But I just remember he was just a fun, look at his smile. Like that's a seven smile and you can feel the energy and just good time. Isaac, right? Coming through. Um, Phoebe from Friends definitely got that seven vibe. And so there's a lightness. There's a, there's a silliness. It's not coincidental that sevens make for great comedians. Some of the most well-known names of all time are seven comedians, like like Robin Williams. Um, but it's a different type of a comedy. It's much lighter. It's much more surface versus like a one, which is more of a Jerry Seinfeld, more of an angsty. Or, or a six can be an angsty. Um, or a counterphobic six, the angry six, which is more of like a, what's his name? Um, um I forget his name, George Carlin. So that's more of a hard edge. But seven, again, a lighter, funnier, slapstick. All these guys in here that I just named have that fun and silly quality. So Enneagram sevens at the movies. Um, some of these I haven't seen before. I'll just rattle off some of them. Shameless, the dad from Shameless, you can feel like doesn't want to be pinned down, doesn't want to be responsible that's the big word for sevens can they take responsibility for their life and have fun but check the boxes that need to be checked while doing it and so you see the gluttony piece in in him it's been a long time since i saw shameless but um nonetheless you see it in um who else you see it in the 
guy from Game of Thrones, um, the, the little person, I forgot his name in it, but he is a drunk, right? Until he starts to grow up, until he starts to take responsibility. And then you can see a strength, right? And sevens have a deep reservoir of strength. When I work with sevens, it's almost like they don't believe they're capable of facing or enduring the suffering, the, the, the adversity, the darkness. And so they stay light. They stay at the surface. But when life challenges them, they can rise to the occasion. Some of these characters don't. Some of them, like the shameless guy, just keep going down the, the gluttony hole. But many of them, certainly the ones I work with, um, come to me and they're ready to grow up, to own their shadow, to face the hard stuff. I mean, I think about Robin Williams, just the painfulness of the fact that he killed himself, laughing on the outside, crying on the inside, right? And sevens tend to either avoid the darkness, the difficult conversations, or escape from it, um, or just make light. You know, it's, I have to um, remind sevens that I don't need them to be funny because sometimes they'll make jokes and there's a difference between making a joke because you want to engage versus making a joke because you want to avoid. And sevens really have to stand guard against that joke quality. All right, I'm looking at Ted here from the movie Ted, the, the inappropriate teddy bear. By the way, I didn't know... Ted was inappropriate the first time I watched it with my son, who's now age appropriate. But at the time, I don't know, he was like eight or something. And I didn't see any previews for it. And we watched it in the opening scene is uh, way inappropriate. And I'm like, holy shit, this is not your average teddy bear. Well, sevens, I mean, Ted is a seven. He just wants to have fun. He, he wants uh, his buddy who's... Um, Mark Wahlberg, I forgot the name of the movie, but he just wants his buddy to not grow up, to not settle down. Sevens can be a bad influence, that bachelor party kind of thing. And Mark Wahlberg's character is torn because his buddy Seven, his, his, buddy, his buddy Ted is a seven who's constantly pulling him to smoke bongs and to party and to do wild things. And oh my God, this is a seven unhinged. I'm not sure Ted grows up by the end of the movie, but he is a teddy bear after all. Um, but there's a sweet, endearing quality that just makes this a complex character. Seven, the mask is Jim Carrey. He's another comedian that's a seven, plays a seven. And I've talked a lot about Jim Carrey. I won't go too deep into it. I think I've done podcasts on Jim Carrey. He's a seven who had a shattering. His girlfriend um, completed suicide five years ago and it really broke Carrie or it was his ex-girlfriend but whatever it was that was his dark D that was his moment of reckoning and he chose to go deeper I think he had a break for a while he um, went into some depression but he came out the other side as an artist really transformed he's still funny but not in a slapsticky way not in an all the time kind of a way and the mask the movie the mask that he's um playing the part in in this slide you know it's it's funny until you can't take the mask off and I think that's the work of a seven is to know that it's just a role they're playing it's a mask they're wearing 
and that they have to have places and spaces and times where they can remove the mask to be real, to remember that they aren't their mask. They're just wearing a mask. And so Jim Carrey is a really great case study in somebody, a seven, who's done the work, had the shattering, and defied his number to access all those numbers. So many, so many, so many Enneagram 7s in cinema and movies. I would love to hear your feedback, your 7s that you think maybe that shouldn't be on here, that should be on here. Make the case why. That's always the most important point. It's easy to say somebody is a 7, but it's not always so easy to make the case. And that's the educational component of all this and why we do it. So maybe this helps you find your number. Maybe it helps you know I'm certainly not that number. Whatever it is, you're here to discover and defy all your numbers so you can live your spirit. I will see you or talk to you in the next podcast. Until then, defy your number and live your spirit. Thank you for listening to the Defiant Spirit podcast with me, your host, Dr. Baruch Halevi. The Defiant Spirit is an offering of Soul Center to Center for Spirituality, Meaning, and Healing. And if you'd like to learn more about the Defiant Spirit or Soul Center, get more inspirational content, access to a variety of online programs, or see how we might work together to discover deeper meaning in your life, greater purpose for your life, or live the defiant spirit power within your life, visit defiantspirit.org. Until then, keep living your life.